Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. Welcome into Coffee Break. Hope you had a fantastic weekend and appreciate you hanging out here with us this Monday morning. The show's brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. If you have a property that fits the needs of their buyers, call David at Versant 459. 85 is 65. And we're talking uh, the city of Helena this morning on Coffee Break. We've got uh, Public Works Director Ryan Leland in the studio with us. How are you doing this morning? Doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. I mean, did you, you have a good weekend? I had a great weekend. Good. Any Anything fun and exciting or a great weekend of doing absolutely nothing? Because either uh, of those is possible. I didn't do much. I ended up, I did go down to California for a little bit just to, just to hang out. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, well, exciting. and you got to come back to Montana, which is fun, too. Yes, it's yeah. much better to come back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the weather definitely changing. It seems like we're in store for some cool rainy weather over the next little bit. So um, good news for those fighting fires. Uh, and and we're going to talk about uh, what that means for our water here in, uh, in in Helena and the area here in a little bit. But uh, if, if for those that haven't heard you on the show before, I guess, can you introduce yourself a little bit? Yes. I'm Ryan Leland, the Director of Public Works for the City of Helena, uh, and Public Works takes care of the water supply, water treatment, wastewater treatment, and then the the road, or not the roads, the pipes and everything that goes there, and then solid waste is yeah. the area that I oversee and look at. So it's a relatively, I mean, it's, you've got a central focus, but it's a relatively large umbrella too. There's lots of little spokes off that wheel. Oh, there's a huge umbrella. We've take care of pretty much everything and work in conjunction with every other department in the city. Yeah. So as director, you're in charge of hurting all those cats. Trying to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you have a lot that falls under your purview. Uh, and one of those, we're, we're going to talk about water here in a little bit, but one of those um, that we were going to talk about today, uh, transfer station, uh, you, you deal with that. I mean, you have a couple of uh, recycling events coming up, as I understand. We do. We do have two big recycling events that are coming back. We didn't do them last year because of COVID, um, but we do have latex drop-off that will be at the transfer station, and it'll start this Friday, the 24th, and go through August, October 1st on Friday, and then you bring your latex paint in. It isn't a paint, paint exchange. It's just a drop-off, and then we're going to consolidate it and then take it off and ship it to a special uh, transfer station. Okay, so uh, that's landfill. just that's just the latex paint that we're talking about. Yes, it is just latex paint. And then on October 2nd, we're going to have the household, household hazardous waste drop-off at the uh, Lewis and Clark County Fairgrounds. And that, again, is October 2nd at the Lewis and Clark County Fairgrounds. And you can get a list of what we accept. We aren't accepting latex paints, uh, anything explosive, uh, flammable, anything along those lines we are not accepting. But we are accepting uh, oil-based paints, uh, acids, bleaches, anything else that is uh, household hazardous waste. And you can get a full list of that on the city's website. So you can look at what we will accept and we won't accept. And, again, that's from 9 o'clock in the morning till two in the afternoon on October 2nd. Okay. And so this is, this is really a couple of opportunities for people, you know, all that stuff that's sitting in the corner of the garage that uh, you haven't touched in three years, it's no good to use anymore. 
And so now this gives you a place to get rid of it. Correct. This is the one that's sitting in your basement, sitting in yeah. your garage, is get rid of it. We don't want to have it sitting out there. It's no longer in use. So we have a way to take care of it. And so this is a special event that you can bring everything in, clean out your garage, clean out your basement, uh, and take care of those wastes. We just don't want to have them out there. They can cause problems. And, and, we don't and want no them. charge for this or... This is part of your uh, solid waste collection and solid waste fee, so there is no charge to bring it in, and so we'll just take care of it and then get that out so it doesn't contaminate our water supply or dump it into the into the sanitary sewer that makes it very difficult to treat. Right. Okay. Uh, Ryan Leland in with us this morning. He's the director of uh, public works here in the city of Helena and a couple of recycling events coming up, and uh, he's in charge of those. And so what... Who can bring stuff in, right? I mean, because when when we talk about the transfer station, you gotta you gotta have your tag. You know, you show your tag, and you get so much per year. And is this for anybody that's listening to us this morning? They can bring it in, or do you have to be in the city, or how does that work? Uh, it's pretty much anyone that's listening uh, on the radio. It is going to be our scratch gravel residents, which is Lewis and Clark County uh, residents that are out there, and then the city residents to be able to bring it in. Uh, so you do have to have your tag and you have to have your okay. permit for the transfer station, and then you can bring it in and drop everything off. So do bring in your your tag and everything. Correct. Okay. So you got to have it. How, how do people get that? Like if they're if they don't have a tag, how do they do that? If they don't have tag, you can contact the transfer station. Um, and then they can give you a permit to be able to come in and they'll talk to you, talk you through it and be able to get it. And, and also for recycling, um, renters can get a recycling permit to be able to bring recyclables mm-hmm. in. Okay. And so, uh, if, cause m- maybe there's some people out there that haven't been to the transfer station before and they don't know how that process works, but you get that little hang tag that goes on your mirror. That is a little hang tag. If you don't get it in the mail, then just give the transfer station a call and you can get the uh, phone number off the website the city website and you can just give them a call and they'll walk you okay through. and that gives you i mean you'd have to be throwing away a whole lot of stuff every year to exceed the the number that you the the weight that you get each year right yes it is almost no one is going to exceed it unless that they are doing a major remodel that they are looking at and you're getting uh two thousand pounds to be able to bring in uh so it is uh, it, it's pretty generous for the city of helena yeah so remind folks again ryan when when these events are recycling and, and when and where and, and all that good stuff okay the drop lake talks drop off paint is at the transfer station and that'll start this friday and go till next friday the 24th through the 1st of October. And then October 2nd is the Household Hazardous Waste at the Lewis and Clark County Fairgrounds. You can come in from Green Meadow and Silsby Street. That's the easier way to be able to get mm-hmm. into it. And it'll be in the east side parking lot, and that's the drop-off. Okay. And bring your tag to both of those Yes, bring your events. tag to both of them. Let them know who you are and that, uh, that, that you're allowed to put stuff in the landfill, though this stuff not actually going in the landfill, is it? These are not going in the yeah. landfill. or our landfill they will be going to a different site and being taken and disposed of correctly so when people are typically bringing stuff to the transfer station these are things that you don't necessarily want them thrown in that pit right no we do not want these uh wastes going into our pit they can cause some contamination and make it and our landfill is not set up for it and so we want to keep these type of uh elements out of it so we want to be able to to dispose of them correctly yeah. So when it comes to, I guess, recycling in general uh, at the transfer station, what options are available? Uh, at the transfer station right now, we are taking plastics, glass, and we're one of the few that take glass in the state. Uh, then we have the 
uh, your um, um, aluminum cans, your metal cans, uh, and then you we do recycle the big refrigerators and any of the scrap metal that comes out there, and then also your green waste. So we have those segregated areas to be able to do it. And then one that not many people know that your uh, waste oil, we are accepting waste oil to be able to be disposed of and used. The city of Helena actually uses the waste oil to heat some of the buildings. Oh, okay. Um, so yes. How does that work? That what's that process for it, people bringing that in? To bring it in, it's the same as you go into the transfer station, you have your little tag to come in there, and then there's a big uh, dispensary to be able to dump your oil in. If you change your own oil mm -hmm. uh, in your car, you can bring it in and you dump it into that receptacle, and then we actually use that uh, to be able to heat our buildings during the winter. That's got to be a nice savings for the city. I mean, it, it probably adds up, I would expect. It does. It, I don't have the exact numbers mm -hmm. what it is, but it comes to thousands of dollars and it is very beneficial to us. And it's a great use to be able to get rid of the oil instead of dumping it on the ground or into Yeah, a, we don't want that. We don't want it to get anywhere in groundwater. Yeah. And so when people come in to the transfer station, of course, uh, for folks maybe that haven't been over there, we're uh, talking about uh, you've driven past it. You know where it's at. You just don't know that you know where it's at. It's off the train tracks right there on the edge of, uh, of Carroll College. And uh, it, it's a pretty busy place. You'll see people turning in there pretty regularly. A lot of people come in there. We get up to 1,500 cars a day, which is very, very big. It's one of the biggest uh, in, the, in the state. Uh, so we have a lot of people using the transfer station. And so it is right between uh, the Cretex the or old Cretex, mm -hmm. the Forterra um, plant that is there and Carroll College football field. Yeah. And so uh, talking recycling uh, there at the transfer station, when folks come in, it, it just depends on what you've got to get rid of as to which direction you turn, right? Because as you said, all, the, all of those areas are kind of in, in their own spot. You've got to almost have a map in there. Yep, it's almost a map. If you're going to do with the recycling and get rid of scrap metal, you basically go straight into the right. And then if you want to go to the transfer station itself, you'll see the big building. And then you go up onto the ramp and go into the pit itself. That is all the way to the left. And then right in the middle of it is all the recycling. We do have signs out there and people to direct you. So don't be afraid to come in. Um, but you do almost need a map. Yeah. So but when we're talking about uh, you know the stuff that people are recycling, how important is it that they, I guess, separate it out because they're sort of, I think, tends to be a little bit of a feeling. Well, it's recycling. It'll be fine. Right. But but it needs to be put in the right spot. Correct. And we do have attendants out there to help you when you bring it in. But yes, you have to put it in the right spot. We have to get our plastics uh, separated out according to what number that they are. Then you have a special area to be able to do your cans and you have to separate out the metal cans compared to the aluminum cans. You have your glass that is out there. And one big thing with glass is those little flow restrictors that are in, say, olive oil or soy sauce, those little plastic mm -hmm. Uh, flow restrictors, we need those removed if you can be because we have lost one of our um, pot or one of our areas to be able to dispose of our glass. We used to take it out to Ashgrove and they used it in their process to be able to use the glass and we no longer can go there because of the stops that that are there. Okay, so people need to, to pull that out. Basically, people kind of need to do the, the, the footwork ahead of time. We need it clean. That is the biggest problem that you have with recycling is if it's contaminated and they're not clean and washing out your your cans, uh, your bottles, anything along those lines. If they are contaminated and not being washed out or have those little stoppers in there, 
they actually get rejected and end up in a landfill that depends doesn't depend on where it goes it is just a part of recycling is we need to make sure we do everything up front and make sure that we're supplying clean recyclable so it doesn't get rejected okay so if we've got uh, our stuff going out there and we don't necessarily clean it out or we don't pull those plastic stoppers out uh, my guess is that's ending up costing the city money, right? It does cost the city money uh, because of those little stoppers. And we're looking at alternatives to be able to pre-crush it and get stuff taken out of there so we can use them. But now we are having to ship it down to Salt Lake. So we are adding a lot of um, shipping costs uh, associated with that. So there is uh, added cost to it if it isn't cleaned and they are rejected. Okay. And does the same thing happen with, like you said, the, the different plastics have different numbers? All plastic is not created equal. It is not created equal and only some can be recycled. You have your ones, twos, fives, sevens, everything along those lines. There's the little symbol that is on a plastic and they have to be separated out. And we only accept uh very few of them that okay. they come in, but majority of them we accept, but some of them just cannot be recycled. Right. And so are you having to sift through those then as well to make sure all the numbers match up? Uh, we do not do the, the sifting once okay. it gets into the bin and bailed, but we do have the attendants out there to help anyone that is trying to, uh, to, uh, Dis, uh, dispense of them as we look at them as they're going in so we catch a lot of it as it goes in but uh, some of it does make it through and then there's just a level of contamination that right. they can can accept so it's a great thing to to want to recycle it's a great thing to attempt to recycle but you got to recycle in the right way correct you have to do the the upfront cost and make sure everything is as uh, cleaned out the city of helena also offers curbside recycling it is a su subscription based uh, program that we have that we work with a private company um, it does cost the residents eight dollars a month the city subsidizes it with four dollars a month so it's twelve dollars altogether to do the curbside recycling uh, but you can get curbside recycling uh, it is source separated so you have to do all the cleaning and mm -hmm. everything along those lines but that is a program that the city offers too okay Ryan Leland is with us this morning. He's the director of the City of Helena's Public Works Department. We're going to uh, chat with him for just a couple more minutes, then uh, we'll, we'll send it to break uh, for a few. But when we're talking, uh, you know, sorting out recycling and making sure the right stuff gets in the right spot, does that apply also to the transfer station? We talked about you, you don't want the latex paint thrown down in the pit. You want, are, are there other things that are sort of commonly tossed down in there that people bring in that we shouldn't be bringing in? Yes, there are several things. Propane tank, we want to make sure that we aren't throwing uh, full propane tanks into the pit. Uh, any of the hazardous waste, pesticides, herbicides, anything along those lines, we want to send them to the household solid waste. And there are some of the things that we do see coming in. If you have charcoal or you're bringing in a barbecue or briquettes or anything, make sure that they are put out because we do have fires at the transfer station. So we want to make sure that we aren't just dumping anything and everything into the into the pit itself so that we protect our residents, our, our workers, our residents, and also the environment out there. What, uh, I don't know, I'm just grabbing random stuff. Somebody's got an old lawnmower. You know, we're, we're getting near the end of the season. They, they fought through the end of the season. They're going to get a new one. Can somebody toss a lawnmower in there? Um, 
we don't have the lawnmower that gets tossed into the pit. We have a separate area to be able to put the the big uh, lawnmowers, mm-hmm. the uh, refrigerators in our scrap metal, and then we take care of that. We remove the Freon, and then we crush it and end up sending it off to be recycled. Okay. So you got a spot for almost anything out there. I thought I grabbed something random with a lawnmower, right? It's like, oh, no, we got a spot for that. Yep, we have a spot for almost everything, your barbecues. Uh, bring it in. It's just those chemicals that we want to um, – save for our special events i never thought that somebody would dump a a burning barbecue grill into the pit i mean yep they do it it's not really burning they think it's out but then you put it as as a fire out in the in the the forest you think it's out but it just smolders a little bit and then some other uh, uh flammables get involved and then it starts the forest fire same thing happens to our transfer station. We have some very flammable stuff, just like mattresses. Ended up catching fire the other day. Uh, it, we have mattresses in a separate area. We don't know exactly what started it, but we did have a fire about a week ago uh, that burned up a bunch of mattresses. Man. Yeah, if, so if you're, if you're going to uh, get that last grill in, you know, get, get those brats off of there and wait until Monday to bring it in. Correct. Yeah, give, it, give it some time. Wow. We appreciate that. The City of Helena's Public Works Director, Ryan Leland, in with us this morning on Coffee Break. We're going to take a quick break, but then we'll be back with more after this. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. In today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash security. Welcome back in. This is Coffee Break. Thanks for hanging out this morning. The show is brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. Finding the perfect buyer for your home doesn't have to be daunting. Call David at Versant, 459-8565. We've got the City of Helena's Public Works Director in the studio this morning. He's Ryan Leland, and we are talking transfer station ahead of the break. Now, uh, let, let's go to something a little bit cleaner, Ryan. Let's talk water. Uh, we, we mentioned the cooler weather, the rain moving in. Uh, things changed for us really just in time uh, in terms of uh, our, our water restrictions because we did institute that. We were running low, but then the rain came in and kind of bailed us out a little bit. We did. We did get very lucky with the weather this year, the rain coming in at the right time. We were starting to get very low in one of our reservoirs up above Remini and 10 Mile, uh, and we had water until basically September 4th in that reservoir to be able to be used. Then the rain came in and gave us a few more um, days and also reduced the demand that was out there that helped us save it. So we are still at Fairly high demands uh, that we are seeing in September, but we are able to sustain it and the peaks are coming off and you're starting to see people clear out their sprinkler systems and cut off irrigation. So uh, it looks like we made it through right now through the through this year. Yeah. So but it was it, it, it was close. Like People maybe don't realize how close we were one bad fire maybe away from being on pretty severe restrictions, weren't we? 
we were not only one bad fire away from being on uh, full restrictions of no irrigations, but we were a water main breakaway. If we sure. broke a water main, couldn't get it, and we lowered our reservoirs, we were going to have to go to full-time restrictions because we just couldn't get our uh, tanks filled back up. And is that a product of, uh, I guess just we've got more people living in our area, and it was hot for a long time, and so there was just added usage, right? It was some to do with the growth that we are seeing, um, but it's mainly because of the weather and the irrigation. We had a lot of use early, and that was the the issue that came up as people started irrigating their lawns real early, really hard, and uh, so they were putting a lot of water on the, their grass, and that was where we were seeing the demands. Okay. So where ultimately did we end up? I mean, you said we're, we're okay. At this point, we're okay. At this point, we're okay. We still have the Missouri River that we are using water and treating water out of. Uh, and then we have Chessman Reservoir that's up there that is still in good shape. So we are doing pretty good looking going into the winter to be able to sustain everything. Uh, but we need to pray for snow. We yeah. need to bring those reservoirs back up. Yeah, because it's not, uh, not well, the rains are here and that that's fine. We, we need snow throughout the winter because that snowpack then fills those reservoirs back up in the spring, right? Yes. Uh, rain is great. Rain, rain helps us, but we do need the snowpack in the winter. Uh, that's our reserve, and that's what we use to get us through the summer months. Uh, so let's hope we get some big uh, snows. If we don't, we're already starting at a deficit. Our reservoirs are going to be low, and so we could start to see some more or some severe water restrictions early. Okay. So what kind of, I mean, looking at it, you've, you've been involved in this for a little bit. I mean, what kind of snow do we need? I mean, do we need to pray for an above average winter in terms of snowpack or is the average, is that going to get us through or how, how much snow are we needing? We always pray for the above average <laughs> everywhere in Montana. That helps us out. Uh, but the average will get us through. We'll be okay. able to fill everything back up. Um, we are looking at doing some new improvements to our infrastructure to try and capture some more of the water and be a little more efficient on being able to get that water to our reservoirs to be able to sustain us through the summer. But average will get us uh, or should get us filled back up and uh, be able to sustain us through the year. But we were chatting uh, a little bit before we were on the air that if, if we don't get this, it's somehow some weird dry winter. Uh, we could start the watering months on restrictions. Yeah, that is something we will look at. And if we get, say, last year where we really didn't have any snow uh, to be able to fill our reservoirs, we may look at real early starting on restrictions and having uh, irrigation restrictions right off the bat. Yeah, and it looks like those restrictions did have an impact this year, didn't they? They did. They did exactly what we were hoping for, and it was great that the residents were able to respond. We were able to keep the peak down, and that's what was affecting us as we got it spread out. Uh, it's sort of like the COVID knocked the, mm -hmm. the peak off, but we actually were able to uh, see that, and we saw the benefits of everything uh, for being able to irrigate at the right time, looking at how you were using your irrigation and how long you're irrigating. And so we were able to see that peak get spread out, and that was what benefited us, and we were able to get through the year. Yeah, and it's probably worth, I mean, I, th I think people listening to us probably understand, but it's worth pointing out probably specifically that this isn't a, an issue of mismanagement. I think anything restrictions come into play or there's something that the government says, I need your help now, it's well, they, it's because they screwed it up. This is not sort of somehow mismanagement of our water resources. It's just, it's what happened this year it was a whole 
kind of a confluence of a whole bunch of things, right? Yeah, it was a whole bunch of things. I can't say enough for our water treatment personnel that worked diligently through the year. Um, they put in above and beyond what usually is expected, but it was a mismanagement. It was just the weather that we saw and very little snowpack that we had. Uh, so we saw huge demands early uh, because of the 100 degree weather in June. And so that was more of what caused us to go into restrictions mm -hmm. than mismanagement of any of the supply or any of the resources that we have out there. And so now we just need that snowpack to come in and help us out. We're already praying for snow. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Looking forward, uh, you know, to the summer and water situation with, with, with snow on the ground. I mean, are, are you already looking at forecasts? I mean, what does the snow look like? Have, have the officials told you yet what they anticipate? Uh, we are looking at the forecast. It looks like it could be a little bit better than average year, uh, but we'll just wait and see. Um, we look at the Farmer's Almanac and anything along those right. lines and try and do any of the voodoo we can to try <laughs> and get the snow. Um, but uh, we'll do anything and look at the forecast. But it looks like it could be a little above average is what we're looking okay, at. Okay, good. I mean, I know there are a lot of people out there, my wife included, that hates having to drive in the snow, but you know what? We need it. We, we do need it. People really hate, need the, it. hate the snow, hate the shoveling, but we do need it because it supplies us through the summer, not only for what we do here in Mon Montana for recreation, but that is what's going to be able to irrigate your lawn. And that's what we drink. And that's what we use throughout the year. Yeah. Well, Ryan, you've got uh, curbside uh, pickup for recycling. If you want to come curbside, pick up my snow this year, I will donate it to the city of Helena. Hey, that's a great program. I'll look yeah. at that and we'll suggest it. And send a truck on over. Yep. I'll have it just sitting out there waiting for you. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That'll you... work. And then we can ship it up above and yeah. take it to Remini. Yeah. Just dump off my snow. Anything that uh, we can do as residents in our last, uh, we got about a minute and change here. Anything we can do to keep things in better shape going forward in, in terms of water? How can we help? sort of be proactive instead of reactive? Uh, the proactive is look at your irrigation. If you do have a automatic sprinkler system is make sure the timing is right. Make sure you're watering every other day, not only because of the restrictions, it's just better for your lawn and the time that you be able, that you start to put the water uh, on the grass, that it doesn't evaporate so much is look and really evaluate what you need to irrigate and how much water you need to put onto your lawn. Um, nine times out of 10, it's less than you think. Yeah, and that helps Ryan out. You know, he's not going to be stressing so much about, you know, watching that water level and those rulers in those reservoirs to figure out how much we've got left. So thanks for all that you, uh, you do. It was, a, it was a busy summer for you. It was a very busy summer for us. Uh, we had a lot of construction projects that were out there. Uh, we had the water restrictions and, and working through that. Uh, then with the solid waste is that everything we do there, and this was an extremely heavy year. And as we saw with COVID, people were at home, and so they started to clean out everything. So we saw above average usage at the transfer station. Yeah. So it was busy for everybody. Yeah, so coming up, uh, we, we've got uh, 20 seconds left to the latex paint. It's on Friday, right? La latex paint starts on Friday, goes for a full week until next the next Friday, October 1st. And then the household hazardous waste is from 9 to 2 on October 2nd. All right. Ryan, thanks so much. Thank you. We're all out of time. We'll see you back here on Coffee Break tomorrow. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.